Welcome to a live episode of Surviving the Survivor. We bring you the best guests in all of true crime. Don't forget to subscribe and smash that like button. Here's your host, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, Joel Waldman. What's up, STS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guess in all of true crime. And I predicted a bit of an unmitigated disaster. And uh, we are trying to get this off the ground. As you can tell, we're in the brand new STS Global Headquarters here uh, from an undisclosed location in the middle of Miami Beach with a fancy new set that Carm is going to absolutely hate. I'm going to take a quick minute to point this all out. That opening animation, by the way, I don't know if you guys were hearing uh, there was supposed to be music. This software is so complex. Shout out to Space Coast. I have no idea how he understands how to use this. Been working on this for like four or five months. It is not the beauty of the artwork per se. It is the uh, software engineering uh, that goes into it. Um, before we start, there's a, a bunch of bunch of things to say. Number one, huge shout out to Andrew Hayes. He is a Miami street artist who painted this beautiful mural, and you can see it is my lovely mother with Mabel Rose on her lap. And behind my shoulder, which shoulder? Right there is my father's book. I'm, I, I can never be a weatherman, but it's over my shoulder, my father's book. And there you have me, larger than life, bigger than I expected, in a green tuxedo jacket. Um, we've got Edvard Monk's The Scream to indicate the anxiety that funnels through my blood in the front here, the on-air light, the STS sticker, and uh, Space Coast, let's show them the wide shot. And uh, look at this, people saying love the studio already. And by the way, I have to go to like 25 different screens here. This is gonna be a big learning curve. Um, and here is the wide shot of the studio. Uh, let's see if this works, guys. There we go, there's a wide shot. My favorite part of the studio, the... Um, the lampshades just uh, hanging in midair, um, sort of love it. So there's another angle. Phil Waters is shaking his head. Phil Waters, first question of the day, what do you think of the new studio? Well, it was worth the wait. Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, pretty amazing on the technical stuff. Yeah, it will it will work itself out. Uh, our... The, the little animation we're seeing here with all the emojis, is that supposed to be happening throughout the show? Um, they're a little distracting, but we're all this is a work in progress, everybody. The most important I, I thing I, is I would just make a suggestion that instead of having the emojis, perhaps you need to have your head, my head, and Scott's head. Uh, <laughs> Floating around. And then we can have our respective agencies, uh, you know, signias, uh, floating around here in the midst of um today i'm really wondering if this is the person's first time on sts <laughs> if they are actually calling up the uh founders of youtube and google to file a formal complaint but look phil just brings me to an amazing point in all my years in broadcast news i could have been interviewing barack obama and they would say to me i don't like your tie 
I spent five months of my life putting this studio together. Uh, Space Coast is a wizard with software. You have no idea what I'm looking at. Three different screens. It's very complex. And Phil Waters, he has two comments today. Uh, the chat letters are too small. And are we going to have floating emojis? This is the love that I get. But Phil Waters, in his uh, advanced years, will adjust to this and he will learn to love it. But look at that wide shot of that studio. I think it is uh, beautiful. Um, Louise Arthur says, very cool. Everything is different. The chat's different. Look at this. This this warms my heart. Tiffany says, so creative. Again, uh, Scott Duffy, I'm already being yelled at for uh, not giving you enough uh, spotlight. So what do you think of the new studio? Uh, what can you complain about? I love it. I absolutely, I'm, I'm studying all the detail in that artwork. And I was going to say, Phil, I don't see any emojis. Are you okay? Have you uh, have you been taking something? No, this is uh, this is good old H two O. There is no uh, gentleman Jack in this. So, uh. And look at uh, all the work all the work that I do, and and we still get these comments. Can we talk about Scott's glasses? Uh, this comes from Greg. No, we cannot. Today, we cannot talk about Scott's glasses. We can only talk about my studio sts nation let me know if you heard the music um at for the uh, opening animation we now have an opening and a closing animation we've really stepped it up um we are now um a major network uh broadcast as far as i'm concerned and we are going to continue to build survive the survivor love all you guys love phil um Joel, you need truthful friends, um, it says, and I have that in, um, here it goes. If you guys saw what I was dealing with, I, I might have a uh, epileptic seizure, the amount of things I'm looking at here. Okay, so there is news today. Um, Scott Duffy, in your world, uh, I've been keeping close tabs. They're now snipers positioned um, surrounding a certain area with Danilo Calvacante, just about three miles uh, from where he went missing. Um, so what in the world is going on? How do you think this guy Calvacante has been able to stay um, on the run? I think this is day nine now. Yeah, it all comes down to the terrain, the uh, the climate. It's been extremely hot with the humidity. We're we we've been in the mid to upper nineties, and so that that affects certain technological resources. Doesn't uh, wipe them out. It just makes them a little bit more uh, difficult to to navigate. So the the last number I heard was a couple of hundred federal, state, and local law enforcement. And but we're we're talking about several square miles, and and they keep trying to uh, to adapt the perimeter to a latest sighting, and especially with the local let's call it a botanical gardens, the uh, the Longwood Gardens has some very state of the art trail cameras, and that's where they're capturing a lot of the still photos that the uh, the news is portraying but that that you know to to be able to see that and then adapt and move your perimeter just and so forth it's not real time so when he might be seen then you're sending uh, resources to that area but we're talking about fields and and streams and high high grass tall trees 
And for someone who we've been told the last couple of uh, days is is um, very resourceful outside, it, it definitely makes it tough for law enforcement because law enforcement just can't go right into the woods and um, and just scour the area. It's a very methodical, paceful search because they're looking up, looking down, and all around. So it's uh, it's difficult to explain unless you've been there. And you know, back in 1999, a very similar, identical search for the uh, the infamous Norman Johnston. Um, we were out there 19 days. So hmm. nine days is a long and, time, but it is. I should uh, know who Norman Johnston was or is, but I don't. Who was he? So the uh, the movie at close range with um, hmm. Sean Penn, Christopher Walken, about this Norman or about this Johnston family. There were three brothers and then, of course, their kids, nephews, nieces, part of this gang in Chester County and Delaware. And back in the early mid-70s, they started um, stealing and stealing farm equipment, stealing whatever it is that they could steal that wasn't um, nailed down, including a large heist from the Longwood Gardens that we're seeing center focus with uh, with regards to this particular search. And, and then as law enforcement started... Um, you know, focusing in on this family and starting to bring the family down. Then they turned on each other and they started um, killing different family members and other people that they thought were weaklings. And these were kids to their early 20s. I believe there were six. Um, somebody might want to correct me on that. But the, but the homicides. And Norman was one of the brothers responsible for killing uh, or trying to kill his nephew and successfully killing his nephew's girlfriend at the time and doing multiple life sentences. Mm. Um, by the way, Scott Duffy, uh, as a Jewish guy, uh, Andrew Hayes is not, and he told me he was going to create many Easter eggs for this studio, what he terms Easter eggs, little hidden treasures, which I love. Obviously, by the way, Mabel Rose is, uh, was, was, may she rest in peace, much not much larger, but bigger than she appears there. I think Carmela's going to hate this because I appear so much bigger than she is. Uh, she's also screaming at me, which is perfect. Um, but then you see the Survive and Survivor posters that I have on the original set are actually there. The thing that is uh, most close to my heart, though, my father wrote a book in 1971. As you all know, I'm in the process of working on one, and that is that purple little cover uh, underneath the lampshade. That is my dad's book, um, and uh, it's cool to have little things of that nature. Um, Phil absolutely hates this because Phil likes to read all the hate comments during the show, and I'm going to find a way. That uh, wait a minute. Look wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to do my Phil thing and interrupt you. Scott oh, enjoys do. it as well, so let's get Scott in here. I want to bring him into this. We we both enjoy reading these commentaries. That's oh, absolutely. That's why we started wearing glasses, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, I, I'm and right then, there with you, Phil. And I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make that happen somehow. I don't know how yet. Um, if again, Phil, if you could see the intricacies of this software, Space Coast, I have such a uh, new respect and admiration for him. Um, was a dog Mabel just for? Uh, 
I want to correct the record. M-A-B-E-L, Mabel Rose. There was only one, will only ever be one. Uh, may she rest in peace. By the way, Phil, how is Nugget? And then we'll move along. I could only have debuted this show with the great Phil uh, Waters and Scott Duffy. Uh, no one else would have put up with it. I don't know that I can ever do another show from this studio. This is very stressful, but at least for today. Uh, Nugget is asleep? Nugget is, is actually today. She is stretched out on the couch. Mm. So uh, hopefully she wakes up. But Phil Waters, uh, Pennsylvania State Police, they now have about 400 people. This is so active. I mean, literally, if you uh, are into Twitter the way I am, because you can follow news stories, there's a new tweet every three, four seconds. 400 people were brought in for this search, uh, Phil. Uh, This is a quote from the uh, Pennsylvania State Police, Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens, uh, who said, we pulled more people in through the night last night, some additional help from other agencies, from our own agencies. We've got somewhere north of 350, close to 400 people working on this today as we speak. I know you've seen the video, Phil Waters. The guy is five feet tall, soaking wet, 120 pounds. He crab walked. He, he grabbed the both sides of the wall with his feet and hands and crab walked his way out of there. Um what about that? And what about the fact that 400 people are still searching for him like eight or nine days later now, Phil? Well, this is in effect, this is a military op. They're putting together the same types of things and resources that we that we would have used uh, in the Marines. So they're, the area Scott has already spoken about, I have been told my commentary yesterday on another broadcast was the uh it's a 10 mile square area that's a pretty big area and so needing all those personnel to cover it not a surprise and they have and and of course you can always the perimeter itself can be broadened it can be decreased so you you've got some flexibility there the fact they've got counter snipers, that's not a that's not a surprise either. And and by these emojis, I think there must be something that the viewers are doing. This looks like this is they can put an emoji on here because all of a sudden there's like twenty of them that come flying across the screen. You're not seeing this, Scott? Yeah, no, we're seeing it. By the way, there's a comment up right now, Scott. We gotta fix all this too, but it's from L Rose, my good friend in Australia. She says Love the red mood. By the way, I was going for kind of cigar bar mystery vibes and aesthetics, Joel. Phil is jealous the studio has overshadowed his shirt. Any uh, <laughs> veracity to that, Phil? Walter? No, I'm, not, we didn't even talk. I'm not jealous about the studio. I think the studio is wonderful. I think I'm not mm-hmm. jealous about anything. I'm just wondering where all these emojis are coming from. It's just they're, you know, they're flying across the uh, the screen. And there's like hundreds. It's all, no. it's all anyway, part of their. To, uh, get, back, get back to the answer. Uh, the uh, the little uh, Brazilian uh, midget Spider-Man guy, uh, murderer. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure I'll fade heat for that, right? So the uh, the, uh, the 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 getting out of that place that was pretty amazing. This guy's a thinker, so he's been thinking about how do I get out of here? I'm sure since the moment he showed up there, and what I'm a little surprised of is there's there's a camera 
right there. Who's the guy in the picket that's not watching that camera? So how, how does that even happen? Um, so there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be a reevaluation of the way security is maintained in that prison. So that, that's the first thing that I noted was that it's actually on video. So in real time, it was happening. And someone in the picket was either asleep, went out to lunch, went to the bathroom, whatever. But a great uh, a breakdown right there in, in uh, the security network. Uh, and where he is now, I mean, who knows? The guy, you know, he's a, he's a little, there's no telling where this guy could hide, uh, given his, his physical, his stature. Um, so it's going to be, they're going to find him. Now they may, and you know, and what's interesting too, is if you go to the beginning of this thing, when we talked, uh, the authorities did exactly what I said they would need to be doing, which is checking any thefts, any burglaries, any carjackings, auto thefts, things of that nature that are going to indicate a direction of travel. He's acquired some new clothes, so uh, they and they did all that. And then we started picking him up on video. So uh, Scott and I talked about this when this thing first got cranked up. So they're doing what needed to be done, and now they have gotten to the point where we have this guy contained, although it's in a large area. But I think they're doing a fine job. You know, they're doing what needs to be done here, and and it's going to the only the only uh, question now is what is going to be the final outcome here. And I will say what I said in an earlier in another broadcast is that he is the one that's going to determine how this ends. Very, very uh, apropos of Phil Waters to say it that way. Uh, Space Coast, I think we can ease off the uh, floating emojis. Uh, people are, I love the emojis, but then I get a few people who say that they think they could uh, seize as a result, and I'm one of them. So uh, let's let's ease off of those for a little bit. Uh, catch up. Man, this might be the most stressful day of my life, which is not saying a lot, talking to a guy that's a Marine, FBI agent, but my head is going to explode. There's a lot that went into this. Uh, Ketchup says, um, Tower Guy allegedly got fired. Uh, Scott Duffy, this is also the second escape since May. Um, let's just stop right there, Scott Duffy. I mean, two escapes since May. Uh, heads have to roll for this, right? We had Lenny DePaul on. You were on with him, Scott Duffy. Uh, Lenny DePaul is a legend in my mind and a legend in a lot of other people's minds. He was a Secret Service agent. He ran the largest fugitive task force only oversaw by Congress. And, uh, you know, he said to expect it to take some time, Scott, but I didn't think it was going to take eight or nine days to find uh, this 120 pound Brazilian. Yeah, and, and uh, it's it's going to take some more. The it's a it's very difficult to to explain especially to those that are within the perimeter neighbors residents that are extremely on on um, high alert it's very stressful not to mention that schools have been closed for the past week and and so all this is just adding to pressure you 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 can see the uh, the lieutenant colonel for the state police and the and the acting warden you can just see the 
the stress of uh, trying to do what they have to do and and come out and speak to the public and then try to continue to answer the difficult question as, okay, so you see him on a camera. Why is he not arrested within minutes of that? And of course, all that it's um, comes out, comes down to law enforcement, as many as there are. Think about it, just put 400. There was 200, a little over 200 just a couple of days ago. They've doubled those efforts. But as Phil said, with regards to this changing perimeter, you're talking about 10 square miles, six, whatever. Just think of a mo- square mile, much less double, triple, quadruple that. You, they're not shoulder to shoulder. It's not like they're doing a grid search for evidence. They don't have anything to worry about. They have everything to worry about because he's already proven in one, convicted of a brutal homicide, on the run, and charged for another a shooting in Brazil and a stabbing here. So he's already shown the propensity to use any weapon of means to hurt those that he loved. And I'll use that word loved with, with quotation marks. What would he do to anybody that he comes across? It, it's, uh, you have to think of the worst. And so thereby law enforcement is very slow and methodical in their searches. When there's a noise complaint, it could be an animal, it could be the wind, but if there's an open shed, that takes time to clear that shed, approach the shed, and then of course clear the shed. And you're you're not you and and then of course add to the fact that you have heavy brush, rural, he's been known to perhaps climb trees. So now you're adding uh, a tremendous amount of um ground that has to be covered and and you know you have you have road closures and you have teams but at the end of the day it's going to take a little bit of luck a lot of prayer that one of these 400 plus law enforcement actually see him so they can engage him however that's going to end exactly as phil said will be up the, the arms and the hands are going up or it's going to be game over. Mm. Uh, he's got two choices, hands up, or that is it, uh, per Scott Duffy. Teresa, in the Republic of Ireland, thanks for stopping the emojis as one floats right by. I'm epileptic. Uh, Space Coast, let's uh, keep uh, a lid on the emojis for now. Um, but uh, definitely an interesting new feature of all this. Um, again, we are uh, going to get. I'm going to give a shout out to Andrew Hayes. I think he might be in the chat because I saw some people talking to him. But Andrew is uh, an amazing street artist. I'm going to put his info into into uh, today's show summary. Travels around the country, does a lot of interesting mural work and artwork. I just found him by a total fluke here in Miami, and uh, he painted this. You can even see that little STS Nation hashtag and. Uh, Space Coast, if you go back to the wide, uh, you can't see it on the wide even because it's all the way on the other side, but it says best guest. Um, so uh, we've got all our bases covered there. Uh, back to this beautiful wide shot with the hanging lampshades. Um, so Phil Waters, a couple more minutes on this, and then we're going to switch gears. So there have been eight to nine credible sightings, um, a bunch of different um, reported burglaries. What is this guy living on right now? I mean, he's got to be eating, they say he's eating berries probably and just some water and things are 
you know, maybe power bars or peanut butter that he has stolen. But how long, how long can someone keep at this the way he is? Well, the old adage, he can go many more days without food than he can without water. So unless there's a source there of water for him, uh, he's facing dehydration. It's it's hot. Uh, so there's a lot of factors here that may they may end up finding him passed out or possibly, uh, you know, gone to the uh, big Brazilian hold over in the sky. So uh, the, the there's no telling how this is going to turn out. He's I've been involved in these kind of searches. And I can tell you from the law enforcement perspective of it that it's it's a it's very methodical. It's very tedious, and you have quadrants that are broken up, and you have teams that are going in, and it is it's one of those moments where you're on the edge continually because you don't know where he is, and the likelihood that he's going to see you coming before you see him is is very high. So it's a it's a very intense situation, and he we, we don't know what shape he's in at this point. He may be laying in the woods there somewhere, passed out or dead already. Uh, we don't know. So it's uh, it's, it's certainly going to be interesting to see what the final outcome here is. That's an interesting thing I didn't think about. Maybe he is already deceased, possibly. Although uh, there've been quite a few, by the way. Uh, M. Faithful says, Andrew, love the mural, especially the little doggo. Looks adorable. Followed by our friend, I am not T-Pain. That looks so freaking cool for real. Your studio is amazing. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Nice to hear that. The floating lampshades, my favorite. Uh, stole it from somebody, I think. Um, Scott Duffy, just to put a, a bow on this, um, I put you on the spot. I think it was Wednesday. When, when does this end? I mean, uh, you know, I know you know some people uh, working the investigation. What, what, what are you hearing? There, and and I think we all got that alert. Um, I have a few friends that uh, that I've been on a, a group text with who have their ear to the ground, and um, there was a potential. Um, there was a word that went out that he might have been in custody. Of course, that was uh, false information. And and this is going to happen as as they come across these hot leads. And 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 pretty much the 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 world is watching a, a, a huge presence of cameras that they just are waiting. So going back 1999, it was 19 days of a very much the same type of methodical search, um, and it's the exact same area. At 2000, I believe it was 14, I could be off on the year, but there was a manhunt for another killer who uh, shot and killed one trooper, shot another, ambushed them right in their own barrack, and uh, then fled back into the woods. And that lasted all about 45 days. So you can imagine if uh, if somebody sets out and I imagine as there was the, from what I heard that it was an identical prison escape, same uh, crab crawl right up this very, very wall, not not just a few months before in May. And um, even though there was a, a, a added 
fencing and whatnot, some razor wire. He managed to get through it. And um, so if he managed to get through that, the uh, dealing with whatever the insects, the the uh, the climate and so forth is is not going to not going to stop him. So it's it's I do not see a surrender. I see law enforcement engaging him with a, either an immediate in custody or otherwise. And so it's it's really a day to day and it's going to come down to them coming across him. Uh, I watched an interview on Court TV. This is Jersey Jen Castaldi uh, about an hour ago of a family that lives uh, one and a half miles from prison and the door of the treehouse they had built for their five-year-old son was busted open. Presumably, maybe he was hiding uh, in there. Uh, Just to wrap it up again for the third time, Phil, uh, as far as we know, he doesn't have a weapon. Uh, He committed his murder of his girlfriend here in the United States by stabbing her 38 times in front of her two young children. Uh, do you think he's picked up a knife along the way? Do you agree with Scott that he's going to potentially pull that knife and not put those hands up and go after officers? Yes. Suicide by cop? Going to get a yes. It's now. possible. I mean, anything's possible here. This guy's got, he, he's got nothing to lose. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's doing, I think, life with no parole in Pennsylvania. He's got the thing going on waiting for him in Brazil. So where's he going to go? Uh, and most of the time when these when these folks, and I, I understand he's heading south to wherever the south is going to end up being, but he's really got nowhere to go. This guy is, he's played all of his cards. And so he will either say, I'd rather go back to three hots and a cot or I would rather just end this now and let's, let's be done with it. So those are the two options, either in custody or uh, we're going to send him on down the road. Bill Waters, let me ask you a question. Let's say you're back in Houston and hypothetically this search is going on a mile from your home. What would you be doing right now? Well, I would be, as I'm always, I'm uh, locked and loaded. And so um, it would be just being more aware of, and we've had incidents where we've had uh, people that have escaped from custody in the the general area. We're in a largely rural area. So it has happened before. And it's just a, a, a more heightened sense of awareness. And, um, you know, I'm going to, if somebody comes up or see somebody, they're probably going to get questioned looking at the business end of my uh, 1911. Mm. Uh, you never want to, uh, approach bill when he is not prepared for you to approach him, uh, especially the bunker back in Houston. There is the, uh, Wanted poster here from uh, Danello Souza Cavacante. Look at that. Five feet tall, 120 pounds. By the way, he's born in 89. That beard's uh, making him look a little bit older. Uh, they want you to call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-4-PA-TIPS. 4-PA-TIPS. Uh, don't mess with Scott Duffy either. Uh, he has taking care of what he needs to take care of in case this guy gets anywhere close to the Duffy residence. Um, By the way, some breaking news here. 
Uh, just got a text message from the COE. A uh, huge shout out to everyone who applied for the mod positions. That was awesome. I said to the COE, what are all these emails? She said, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm dealing with something. She was uh, lining up new mods. And we now have the official new mods for STS. And they are the following. Friend of the show, Frankie Figs. I am not T-Pain. Jersey Copper Horse. I had to pick one Jersey person. I swear swear on my life I, had, I didn't pick any of these. Didn't even know these names till just now. Although I do know Copper Horse is from Jersey. Uh, Little Monster 1325. And perhaps my favorite name, Gen X Granny. Once again, Frankie Figs. I am not T-Pain. Copper Horse. Little Monster 1325. Gen X Granny. Um Congrats to all of you, and uh, thank you all for applying, and we're going to have more things down the road uh, to be a part of. Uh, right now, um, let us take a moment to remember uh, Kaylee Gonzalez, of course, uh, Maddie Mogan, Zanaka Nodal, and Ethan Chapin, because we're going to switch gears for a few minutes and talk about uh, the evildoer, as uh, Phil Waters calls him. So uh, the most recent thing here, um, Phil Waters, they are now delaying uh, the demolition of 1122 King Road for the second time, and there is no timetable now. As you recall, they were talking about bringing this house down before the trial. Now they say they're going to kind of leave it up in perpetuity. Good call, bad call. What say you? Well, I think that's appropriate given the possibility of a trial. And the defense is going to want the opportunity to walk into that courtroom and make a motion to take the jury to the location. And uh, so I don't see, I have zero, zero problem with let's let this building stand, the structure stand until this, this case is adjudicated one way or the other. Um, Scott Duffy, university leaders, they met uh, just yesterday, and that's when they made this decision. Uh, university of Idaho took ownership. I believe the owner of that home literally just handed it over to them. Um, and again, no new uh, demo date. Your experience, your vast experience in the FBI, uh, do you still believe this is uh, you know, a legitimate crime scene that should be uh, held up or at the very least held up uh, and kept intact for jurors if they want to do a walkthrough, let's say, one day. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Phil. We're at this point where if if it came down, they should have taken it down and, um, you know, won that fight. And then, of course, there would have been whatever and, and erect uh, start your memorial and whatever they're going to turn this into in the future to try to give um an everlasting memorial to these four souls um but at this point because of the fight and the banter and people weighing in it should remain as is and and be allowed if if uh the defense is going to want to do whatever it is to do a visit then so be it and there will be no there just won't be anything from the prosecution side that uh they would have to uh fight for or, or or defend so at this point we're you know we're coming up 
on a year. And so uh, it, 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 it wouldn't make sense to, to level it now. Um, hard to believe when you said that uh, November 13th will be one year. Moto 88, congratulating all the new mods. So, Phil Waters, um, as I say often, I, I don't know much about anything and certainly not much about this, but the Latah County prosecutor, the guy with the great beard, Bill Thompson, um, rather than cross-examining this expert witness for uh, Koberger, um, he flagged the FBI to investigate her. Uh, her name is Gabriella Vargas. She testified on behalf uh, of the defense back on August 18th. She's an expert on genetic genealogy, um, but he got word that she may have been reneging on some of the things she says. It's a little, you know, sort of unclear. Uh, so he sent the FBI knocking on her door. Have you heard of this before? I have not heard this, no. Um, is this common practice? Have you heard of prosecutors um, asking the FBI to investigate defense witnesses? Because that's essentially what happened here. Well, I would say given this case and given the fact that we had the multiple agencies involved in this investigation, I don't I don't find this to be any anything that's that's alarming. I think that given this circumstance, given the prosecution of this defendant uh you know and they're bringing in their experts and so forth. and that's what it ends up being usually these experts in my experience and and i now am on the other side of this where i have been retained as an expert in criminal cases to offer an opinion about the investigation and so forth and so on or, or aspects of it it ends up being unless uh, unless you have it, the battle of the experts in most cases ends up being if we were in Vegas it, it's a push. Now there are some times and and when I do expert testimony, get involved as an expert, I tell the attorneys I'm working for right up front that I am not a hired gun. And I'm not going to walk in there and just parrot what they might want me to say. I and there are experts out there that will do that. They will just they'll just, they'll take the check, and they will say their opinion is whatever the defense wants them to say. And I don't do that. Now, I have tell them straight up that you've either got a good defense here or your guy is toast and and i can tell you that without exception they more appreciate that approach than they do the guy that's going to come in as an expert and just tell them what they want to hear because it's going to come out on the stand i mean when you when you have somebody like that it's going to if that's what they are uh then that's what they're going to appear to the jury as being so it's it's real important when you start talking about experts and in this particular case if you're saying that this expert in genealogy dna uh, gene genealogy um if she's did you say she's now reneging on some of the things that she said 
Allegedly, that's what that's according to reports. Yes. So um, that is what she's saying. I, I want to continue with it. But this I meant to ask this question. We're going to get right back to it. I promise. This is from Artemis, either a German shepherd or a Belgian Malinois, my favorite kind of people. Um, Scott Duffy, we're going to get back to Coburg. I promise in two seconds. Any chance that uh, Cavalcante is outside that perimeter, Scott Duffy, and he just slipped through the cracks? Oh, there's always a, a chance, but I, I'll go with 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 what the um, the last presser is that he believes that is the lieutenant colonel of the Pennsylvania State Police believes he's still within the perimeter, and that's based on the last known camera, and and so if if the last known camera shot of him is within their perimeter, then that's good information, and then. That's as good as until the next time he's spotted and he's not in that perimeter. And then, then we all, you know, everything shifts. But this is a very fluid, very methodical, and and um, you know, there's a very tight perimeter, but then there are plenty of outer perimeter law enforcement that's uh, waiting until there's good word, and uh, if if he's out, then then that quickly changes. So they're they're dealing with a very fluid and, and anything can change, but they also are dealing with what the evidence is telling them and and that is within that perimeter. And and it's a chokehold. It's a slow but methodical, but but it will they will try to close in on him. I just wanted to make sure he's not near my home in Florida because I'm never locked and loaded because I never learned how to fire a gun, but I'm gonna learn, especially now that I'm living in Florida, and now that I am friends with Scott Duffy and Phil Waters, uh, might have to hit a sh uh, firing range at uh, a crime con. They should build a firing range at crime con. Uh, back to you, Phil Waters. So the direct quote from Ann Taylor, the uh, public def defender representing uh, Brian Koberger, and the quote goes, last night she was visited, this meaning this um, witness, by two FBI agents and interrogated about her testimony and the findings of her declaration. That, in our view, impacts Mr. Koberger's due process rights. Uh, then Bill Thompson, the, the prosecutor, again, said that he heard, according to colleagues, that she was reneging on some of the things that she was testifying to in court. And his quote was, when we heard of that, I reached out to investigators and asked, can you please find out uh, what is going on? Um, again, I have never heard of this where a prosecutor reaches out to the FBI to question a defense witness. Um, I don't know. Am I the only one or is this unusual, not unusual? Um, is why would the feds have to get involved? Why couldn't he just send a, a an investigator from his office, let's say? Phil? Is that a question too? For Phil. That's for Phil. Is Phil oh, out here? Me? I, I was giving Scott uh... <laughs> Phil, I thought you were thinking. I thought you were thinking at the answer. I, I, I thought you were having a, then I thought you were having well, a you're, 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 moment. Like a, you're like a defense attorney, Joe. You went off so freaking long, I forgot what the question was. So did you just uh, have a Mitch McConnell moment, Phil Waters? Was that Mitch McConnell? Well, it could be. It could be. Yeah. I just don't have anybody here. The bottom line is why didn't they hire an investor? Where I need to be. 
Uh, I'm very stressed out today. Why did they? Why did they just send an investigator from the prosecutor's office instead of calling the uh, feds? That seems weird. Well, to me. it's it's the same answer that I just gave. So this was a multi-agency investigation. The FBI was involved in it, and if I'm the prosecutor, perhaps it gives me more credibility to have what is viewed to be a more impartial group conduct that interview rather than sending detectives from Moscow PD or sending somebody from the DA's office, investigators from the DA's office. So what do you do? You've already got the FBI involved in the overall investigation. So why not use that resource to go and interview this particular person? And that gives a at least the appearance that this is objective and it's open-minded and there's not investigators or detectives more closely associated with those agencies, local agencies, that might have what is perceived to be an agenda. So I, I think it's a wise choice by the prosecutor to use the resources of the FBI that are already deeply involved in this investigation. So I don't find anything unusual about it, about the fact that this witness is being questioned, nor do I find it anything unusual in this particular case that the FBI is that resource that they draw from to answer these questions. Good point. Good point. So sort of uh, an independent, uh, objective uh, entity. Uh, Scott Duffy, to you, um, Bill Thompson went on to say, and I quote here, the FBI, your old organization, Scott, indeed undertook an investigation and other reports are that Miss Vargas, the defense witness, claimed that some of what was in her declaration, she said, had inadvertently agreed to or signed without fully reading it. So she admitted, according to Bill Thompson, that she was just signing papers uh, for the defense that she didn't fully read. Um, that seems, uh, Phil is rolling his eyes. I'm doing the same thing. I mean, how can you be a defense witness, a quote unquote expert? You don't read the fine print. You're not reading what they're uh, asking you. Uh, I mean, how can anyone take this woman seriously now? Yeah. So if, if I can, for the sake of backup and then answer with regards to that. So Phil's totally on point and and it is for, for at least us standard operating procedure that when the prosecution is giving all the defense witnesses that the prosecution um, and whoever are their chief investigators can look through that list and say, hey, let's go take a let's um, let's go visit this person and interview them and get an idea or a sense of what it is that they are going to say. So we're doing background checks. And then, of course, if if it's worth it, we go and actually do a um, a interview. And that person has all the right in the world to say, I, I wish not to talk, but you have to at least tempt it. And what you're trying to do is gather information that you can enter into a report that could be impeachable of the of the witness. And then the witness is going to review the report that is written and then say, yeah, I did say that. And boy, I don't remember even reading that. So I'm conflicted and I've impeached myself. And so they could even take themselves out as a as a witness. So and, and 
the the FBI interviewing, it, it all depends where this witness is located. If this witness is located, uh, first of all, outside the jur- jurisdiction and and they're weighing their costs to say, hey, we'll send two detectives who are tied to the case by airplane, whatever it is. And then, of course, uh, send them out to perhaps not even um, get a consented interview. Why not? Since the FBI is involved where they could just send uh, uh, a memo to the office and say, would, would a couple agents go out and visit at no cost, no extra cost? So it's um, any one of those possibilities exists. But now you have good information from the prosecution to give right back because they're going to give those reports right back to the defense and say, um, you may want to think twice about putting that witness on. That's all. Uh, the wonderful Catherine Regier, who is in Maui, uh, I heard a, 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 an awful story today. Uh, now Maui is suffering in a totally different way. By the way, she says, I keep noticing more details. Um, is that I can't even read it because the way my setup is. But she wanted to know if that um, is an Edvark monk sculpture. And that is indeed what it is, the scream. Uh, it is this famous artwork. It represents anxiety and stress, which is uh, those are the pillars. That's like my constitution. So I put Edvard Monk down there, and uh, that's exactly who that is, looking uh, like he's horrified. But I was listening to a story today, and uh, Phil Waters, to you, um, now the issue in Maui is that there's zero tourism. No one is going, and uh, everyone is collecting unemployment, uh, restaurants are empty, hotels are empty, and people are getting laid off. That's uh, sort of a sad um, ancillary uh, result of this horrific set of fires. Uh, Is it not, Phil Waters? It is, but I have also heard that October the 8th, I believe it is, that they are going to open up West Maui uh, to tourism. There's just not going to be a lot there so um, it uh, does have a big impact of course and i tell you what the economic impact is one thing the but i i will tell you there is such a rich culture here that the the cultural impact and the uh, the lives of those folks over there uh, that have been greatly affected by what has happened can never be replaced. There were some things that, in terms of um, historical documents and um, those kinds of things that go back, you know, hundreds of years, it's just, or destroyed. And they'll never, they'll never get those back. So that impact is, I think, in my opinion, is greater than the economic impact. The economic impact will rebuild itself over time, but you're not going to be able to recapture what was lost from a from a cultural perspective over here. And Catherine Regier says, yes, all caps, please visit Maui. The rest of Maui is beautiful and open. No need to go to West Maui right now, although Phil Waters just said uh, they're going to be opening up West Maui. Ketchup says, all my love for Hawaii. Teresa says, Joel, where is Mabel Rose? I can't see her. If you look at my beautiful mother who is screaming at me with her finger pointed like it is great Scott, uh, it's your true crime, Phil, uh, you will see little Mabel Rose smaller than she actually was. She was sort of uh, 
hate to say this, she was a little fat in real life, um, just a little overweight, but uh, she looks very petite there, uh, much bigger in size and stature than, let's say, Nugget, who's a tiny little chihuahua. Hope I didn't uh, perk her ears up just now. But moving on here, um, I got to say, I think I've lost weight from the stress I've endured today. We were working on this all day, and I'm ready for uh, the weekend. Uh, Danny Masterson, Scott Duffy, uh, I know you watched that 70s show. Um, I never saw a single episode of it. Hate sitcoms in general. That's why I do true crime. Phil, Phil, do you are you a fan? No, I lived in it. I didn't have to watch a made-up show. About it. <laughs> I loved it. Um, there he is, Danny Masterson, sentenced to 30 years to life. Fascinating story to me, Scott Duffy, because uh, it doesn't matter your uh, race, creed, color, celebrity, not celebrity. No one is above the law. Um, he was just convicted of raping two women um, and the quote from one of the victims, when you rape me, you stole from me, said one woman uh, who was convicted. Masterson was convicted of raping back in 2003. By the way, that was the height of uh, that show's popularity. Uh, and she went on to say, that's what rape is. It is a theft of the spirit. She said, you are pathetic, disturbed and completely violent. The world is better off with you in prison. And it appears uh, the judge agreed in this case. There was a mistrial the first time around. They quickly retried him, Scott Duffy. And now um, he's only eligible for parole, I think, after 25 years uh, and could spend the rest of his life. Um, what about the fact that a, a guy that's been on the, you know, the late night circuit, he's been on the, the Jimmy Kimmel's, was a star, uh, was a celebrity, is now uh, living a life of ignominy. Uh, is this a good reminder that no one is above the law. It is, and it also kudos to the jury to be able to see through that, right? So, you know, we all have our, we all have our idols, uh, whoever they may be in any, whether it be media, um, sports, our family, but then people who are, tend to have that celebrityness are put on these pedestals and we see them for the character that they portray as opposed to the people that they are. And so as, as the court has provided that Danny Masterson was not the actor, was not the person that people have watched and enjoyed and maybe grown to love that character, that fake persona. And so it, it, it could be difficult for anyone trying to separate that to a jury, especially if the jury was made up of uh, individuals that had known Masterson and his work, and so thereby have to really work against that to be able to say, okay, I believe the evidence that's been put forward and and in this case said guilty. So, you know, it is, it's absolutely a, um, a, um, a taller hill, more difficult to to get up and be able to level the playing field, so to speak, and make this person who this person was a rapist, and so thereby uh, deserves what any other convicted rapist deserves, and do not give this person credit for what they do on screen. 
well put. Uh, again, no one is uh, no one is above the law. M. Faithful says uh, Phil Waters. I'm so surprised his wife, actress Bijou Phillips, is standing by him like she is. Are you, Phil? Well, no. I, I mean, it, it's it's clear that there's a lot of stuff going on here with this particular case. This scumbag is exactly where he should be. I, I would think that people like him when they have the opportunity for parole, that it would be denied. I, I, I just don't have any patience uh, for someone for this brand of evil. And the backstory on him is, of course, he's all involved in Scientology. So there were, and this was a lot of uh, the factors in reportedly about the conduct that he was involving himself in some sort of justification and, and these, I, yeah, and I, Phil, please. right, right, uh, right on cue there, Phil. Um, there's a comment. There go, there's so. a comment here. It says cult of Scientology supported him. Um, and then over here, Scientology got way too much money to go down. Um, you know, do you think? Do you think that the the church here did? Uh, you know, I don't know, enable him in some way. Oh, I'm certain that they did. Uh, you know, in, in, my, in my study of um, a variety of type, uh, a variety of religions and so forth and so on, uh, Scientology is, is uh, it's, it's a cult, it's evil, it's uh, those things are encouraged, and it's all about fulfilling yourself. In fact, L. Ron Hubbard, the guy that uh, was a science fiction writer that developed it, his son came out years and years later and said that his father was actually a practicing Satanist, but he knew he couldn't market Satanism. So he just took the tenets from that particular religion and he turned it into the book of Dianetics and the Scientology religion. So uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all about this evildoers conduct and if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, there, there were two victims in this thing, right? Yes, there was um, a and, third victim, but he was not. There were three charges or three counts, I should say, but he was not convicted on the third victim. Correct, correct. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think all three of them were involved in the Church of Scientology to some degree. That and, I don't know. I, I think I've read that and that he that's how he got in contact with him and so forth and so on. And so a lot of the, the sexual assaults that he was committing was was based on the justification within the ideology of that particular religion. So yeah, it's a real uh it's it's disgusting, it's evil, it's not mental illness. This is evil, and he's got well, I, I was going to say he's got what he deserved, but I don't think he's got what he's deserved. So perhaps when he gets to prison and he meets his cellmate, Bubba, then uh, he will have a whole reawakening as to what life is all about. Bill Waters, without getting too graphic, you raise an interesting point. Um, do rapists in prison, do they ever, are they ever targeted for that crime by uh, having it reciprocated to them in the prison system? Well, yeah, the short answer is yes. There is a pecking order mm. in any culture, within the prison culture, within that system, there is a pecking order. And I can tell you that 
rapists, child abusers, those folks are on the lowest rung of the ladder and they will reap the whirlwind. When they get there, the, the, I would imagine that he, and especially given the fact that he is, has a presumed celebrity status, um, I think when he gets there, they, they will, those, that, those folks that take care of that kind of thing will release the Kraken on him. Hmm. I can't say it enough. There is no bigger deterrent in my world than, than prison. Um, I just never want to experience that, never want to do anything that could remotely involve uh, spending any time there. I don't think I would do very well. Uh, STS, chief of everything, says he likes to sit in the dark. Someone said that I am too dark. We've grappled with the lighting for months. Um, there's either a glare or not enough glare. I do enjoy the dark, I have to say. Um, the COE, the bedroom light is referred to as the sun. I don't like the sun on after a certain time. I am a night owl. And so uh, someone else said, what is with the creepy new set? Um, this is a true crime show. I'm going for the velvety cigar bar feel and uh, don't know if I've captured it. There are gonna be tweaks to this. Um, one of the, by the way, look at this. This is my spirit animal. Jessica K says, where did it go? I have to catch up to these, these chat. This chat is so hard now. She says, I love sitting in the dark too. Um, Jessica, email me. Uh, we'll talk about sitting in the dark. Um, no, it, it does. It does. Uh, I'm struck by the fact that it, it looks like you may be sitting uh, in an office in hell. So uh, that's, <laughs> that, that's what struck me about this set. But, uh, of course, well, uh, given, given the topic, um, maybe, that, maybe that is somewhat appropriate. Yeah, this is uh, – look at this. Now we've got um, the dark is soothing. Love this set. Looks great. Halloween look. Not really going for the Halloween look, but I'm going for true crime. Um, devoted to Mariah says, I'm a night owl who sits in the dark with red lights too. ignore the haters, Joel, uh, Phil would be one of those. I love the studio red and everything. Give me you guys, um, all your honest opinions. You can also email me surviving the survivor gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram surviving the survivor. Also, uh, at podcast STS at podcast STS. The level of stress this is creating for me to go through di three different screens and know that Phil is annoyed that he can't read the comments is almost too much for one man to bear. Uh, but I'll get it straightened out. I trust you. We'll, we'll get it all straightened out. Um, Scott Duffy, the second woman, on a very serious note here, we're talking about the one of the most heinous crimes. Um, she said that Danny Masterson, and I quote here, has not shown an ounce of remorse for the pain he caused. I knew he belonged behind bars to the safety of all the women he came in contact with. I am so sorry. I'm upset. I wish I'd reported him sooner to the police. And this is one of the issues that victims deal with is that they didn't, you know, speak up soon enough. But Scott, what about the fact that he got away with it so long? There was a mistrial. He got almost got away with it altogether. 
that these predators uh, who prey on innocent women, uh, especially with celebrity status, sometimes do slip through the cracks, but this time uh, this guy was caught. Do you think he's feeling any remorse? You know, I so I, I, I would love to see what the um, what the sentencing hearing looked like, and and then to be able to see his face. I didn't see it, so he had absolutely no emotion, completely stoic. No. Yeah, I, I, I would say that he's not feeling the remorse. Then I, I, I just don't, I just don't see it, especially for so long, and and to so many, and and to keep fighting the uh, the fight. This uh, he could have taken it a different way, and he chose to go down. And when you when you do this, especially when the the evidence is overwhelming, you are re-victimizing your victims, and you're taking pleasure in that. So, the uh, I would say the re- the remorse is not there. Uh, Mark A says prison cell set would have been uh, cool. Uh- could have been an interesting looks, me sitting in a empty, sterile prison cell. Uh, Phil might have enjoyed that. Uh, the judge, to round out Danny Masterson, said, I know that you're sitting here steadfast in your claims of innocence and thus no doubt feeling victimized by a justice system that has failed you. But Mr. Masterson, the judge said, you are not the victim here. Your actions 20 years ago took away another person's voice and choice one way or another, you will have to come to terms with your prior actions and their consequences. Um, again, I cannot think of anything more frightening than being told by a judge you're going to be spending 30 years to life in prison. But uh, he is convicted of these crimes, and uh, he deserves uh, what he is getting because of that, uh, fame or no fame. Bill Waters, uh, I'm actually going to have a panel on this next topic uh, this coming Wednesday with some psychologists. Suddenly there's a flurry of disturbing stories about female teachers sexually seducing their younger male students. Um, Mm. This one was an Alabama math teacher at a private Christian school. She's accused of having sex with two teenage boys who had both been her students. Her name is Crystal Frost, 35. She's a married mother of three, uh, resigned last month from Crenshaw Christian Academy, uh, which, by the way, uh, ironically is known as the home of the Cougars for its football team. Um, She was caught exchanging explicit photos uh, with a student on Snapchat, and the investigation gets a little more intense from there. But uh, you are looking at Crystal uh, Frost, and she's got a child who is pixelated there, of course. Um, Phil Waters, almost always we think of, you know, men sexually assaulting uh, women, men, uh, male teachers sexually assaulting female students. But here uh, the tables are turned. It is the female teacher preying on the male student. Uh, your reaction to hearing this? Well, when I was growing up, that's exactly what it was, uh, Joel. It was the the male teachers were having relationships with the inappropriate relationships with uh, with female students, and it was in, in the school that that I came my high school. It was prevalent. We had two or three, and it always seemed to be 
oh, you know, football coaches and cheerleaders and that kind of thing. And I guess, you know, you, you kind of understand that in that world, the ages between the those football coaches, they were young guys just out of college, was not terribly different, you know, separated from the, the seniors, the students in the school. And so you, you could kind of understand it happening because it was it was more of a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. It wasn't just we're going to go out here and, uh, you know, have a, have a friends with benefit arrangement. So what we're seeing now, and I'm not saying it was right, I'm just saying the, the circumstances were a little different. The outcome was the same, but the circumstances were a little different. In fact, there were one of my coaches that ended up marrying a cheerleader, and they were only separated by maybe four years. So it's all relative. But these things that are happening now, and we're seeing it all the time. She's not the first one on the radar. We're seeing this all the time with these married female teachers going after these young boys. And it just amazes me. I just think it's a symptom to a bigger problem. And it's just a, it's a glaring example of the, the way the schools are now being used as platforms to try to satisfy some deviant sexual desire. Uh, I'm just, I'm just aghast at this. So this type of conduct, and then we've got, of course, this will get them going. We've got drag queens at freaking schools and libraries. I just saw where some drag queen was named the principal of a school. I, it, I'm just, the, the whole world is turned upside down. We now have the inmates running the asylum, and people like her are examples of the bigger problem within the schools, that we're not doing what we should be doing. We're not educating those kids. We are indoctrinating them, and we are abusing them in the worst possible way because you're talking about kids, young boys that are entering that puberty, and here we go, hormones are flowing, and you get some woman like this that's twice their age with a family, three kids of her own, and what is her first priority? To satisfy her own sexual desires by assaulting these young boys. It, it is, it is uh, beyond disgusting, and there is no excuse for it, but I can see why we are where we are. And uh, until the parents start standing up, and getting people like this out of there, then, then we're going to continue to have these things. I mean, I think the what was the the, the famous one that kind of got this stuff all started? Letourneau, wasn't that her name? Yeah, Mary Kay Letourneau, and yeah, she ended up marrying her student. She passed away a couple of years ago, right? Re, yeah, she passed away, but she was married to that guy for a long time. He was, and and of course, that whole relationship though was always in turmoil. And I think they had children together, so forth and so on. And and look, that whole thing was 
when it got started, that was like an anomaly. That was like, this is weird. And now this gal you just had up here, uh, it's just commonplace now. I, I guarantee you every week you can read about some female teacher sexually abusing these boys and they're doing it in the classroom. They'll meet them in a park in their car. They'll go out in a car in the park. These people have are, are depraved. And, and the fact that it's happening, happening at a, at this particular case at a Christian school, of course, the, the negative, I mean, there's a ripple effect on that because now you're going to have all these people that come out and say, yeah, see these Christians, yada, 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 yada. So, it has an effect on in so many different ways. And, and what I would say to him is, is look, uh, this type of conduct in a Christian school, in a church, anywhere that has any type of, of Christian-based theology behind it, this type of conduct by people does not diminish the message of the fact that Christ loves everyone that God loves everyone. So I want to make that clear. And I'm sure that'll get them all going too. And I don't care, but I, I'm just, now you don't have the chat to read it. What's that? I said, now you don't have the chat to read all, all of your well, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll see all the stuff when you, when you post it and all that, I'll get to see yeah. it and have a, have a good, uh, have a good, uh, you know, gut busting laugh over that stuff. But, uh, but my point is, is again, she is a symptom to the bigger problem. And I'm telling you, it, it's up to the parents to get a hold of this stuff and, and try to, as much as possible, remove this stuff from the school. And that means the school boards that are fueling this kind of crap, you've got to get rid of them. I mean, you've got to get them out. You've got to get some people in there that are concerned about the, these children. I mean, all of this stuff that they're preying on our children with is trans stuff. This stuff, I mean, we're being sold. They're they're selling these children on a bunch of lies, and uh, it it is heartbreaking as as much as it is horrifying. So, um, sorry to go off on a tangent. I'm sure that'll get them all started, but um, I I, I got to get them cranked up two or three times in this little diatribe of mine, which I always enjoy doing. But uh, yeah, she's uh, and I hope they. I hope they throw the book at her, and I hope she does many, many years in prison thinking about how stupid she is. Well, she got arrested, and it's heading that way. Uh, Heather Ann says, Carm is now a mural, and uh, Mark said, to appreciate the new set, you've really got to watch it on a uh, TV monitor, uh, in case you're watching it um, on your small little phone, uh, which you should not be doing anyway. Um, Scott Duffy. So this is how this all kind of went down. Uh, the teacher here, uh, I believe her name is Crystal Frost sent an obscene photo and asked that the student send a photo from the abs down. Uh, the school then received an, an anonymous tip that a 15 year old student only identified obviously because he's a minor, uh, identified as GT, had a quote-unquote nude breast photo of the math teacher on his phone, which he shared with classmates, which is what young boys are going to do. Uh, an administrator then confronted the teacher, who allegedly, quote-unquote, admitted to a different photo she sent to the cheerleaders, 
where she pulled her Nike shorts up high, allowing her behind cheeks to show. Uh, she took the picture, she says, and sent it as a joke. She resigned on August 24th, but obviously Scott Duffy, uh, she was trying to at least allege that it was a different photograph, different situation, not too easy to buy because then it turns out that she was doing more things with more uh, young students. But um, are you as um, disgusted and outraged by this sort of behavior as Phil Waters? Uh, do you have any sort of tolerance because she's a woman? No, and it, it absolutely has to be dealt with the same way. So the, um, and I think because we see these in, and going in the past, I agree with Phil, we're starting to see these more on the horizon, but it's uh, something of, of going back, you know, a couple of decades to where they would come out once in a while. It would be a great news story, but people were not disgusted. People did not think of it as pedophilia for which it is. They just saw it as, well, um, beautiful young teacher, and um, you have a, a a typical teenage boy, so good for him. That that was the culture, and that was the understanding. And then this this is why we're like stuck with these these female teachers who have had these relationships, and and the court really struggled to even treat it like it is. It's a pedophilia case no different treat it exactly the same same disgust and of course they're fewer and far between what we see on the other side but um i i'm not even sure today the culture would treat it the way it sh should be treated um but i do think we're we're changing but I agree. The um, if the shoe were on the other foot, it would be out the door. There would be there would be no sense of any. Um, it, it would just be total disgust to throw the book and let that person go away forever. And everybody would join in on that. So it's it's regardless, man, female, whatever teacher having sexual relations or sharing of photos with regards to today's media with juvenile boys or girls, that um, that is the classic definition of pedophilia and it should be treated and the law should be equal. And so thereby, I think when we start to see the courts treating it more so as such, we'll, we'll will stop this allurement of, oh, it's a female teacher with the teenage boy and it's not that bad. It's, it's absolutely BS and absolutely should be treated the same. It's dangerous. And, and Phil Waters, do you think that the, um, the impact on the victims is the same as it would be if they were female students being, uh, you know, victimized, sexually assaulted by a male teacher? Do you think that the young boys will endure the same sort of damage um, and, you know, mental anguish that, let's say, a young girl would from a, from a male teacher? That's an interesting question, Joel. 
and sitting here now thinking about it, I I don't know. I uh, alluding to what Scott was talking about, you know, in, in my day, and the joke when these things started to happen, the joke was, you know, among, among a lot of guys was, man, I wish I had a teacher like that when I was in school. So it was kind of minimized. I don't know that the, I don't think, I think the impact on a, on a girl or a woman, I think, because I have, I have, I've talked to both, uh, in, in terms of, of that, this type of crime and it kind of depends on the circumstance. Now, I, I think women are, are, and girls are going to be greatly uh, more greatly affected by something like this happening because when a, when a man does something like this to a female, it's not about the sex. It's about the power. It's about being able to control someone to satiate this drive of the flesh, this carnal drive that they have. With these women, I'm not so sure that is the same. There may be a component of that in there, but I think this is something to do with uh, something that they feel about themselves. She's had three kids. Maybe her husband's not paying attention to her like, he used to maybe she's not getting satisfied in the way that she used to and because she's so self-absorbed about all of that then the best way to satiate that is to go after some young boy that can satisfy her need it's it's she's not doing anything to she is using and she's using power over these young people to satisfy her need for gratification so i think it i think it is different because in the sense that men and women are different and it it i'm not going to say that the impact is any any less in either degree uh but it's going to be different if that if that makes sense it sure does black widower uh answering the question i pose says of course, it's just as bad for boys, Joel. It's a life sense of anxiety, depression, sexual shame. So, um, Phil, a little bit on the fence there. Um, Black Widower says it is the same for young boys as it is for young girls. We're going to have some psychologists on, as I said, this coming Wednesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Be there or be square. Uh, Scott Duffy, uh, now the student told police that GT the student had shown him the breast photo of the teacher, but then this student who spoke also dropped the bombshell. He said that GT, the student and the teacher had been intimate. Uh, GT admitted that his teacher sent him the photo and then offered him sex. They met on a piece of land owned by his family in Pike County, uh, at least four times for these trysts. Uh, there was oral sex performed on him as well as sexual intercourse so scott duffy this uh was the whole mcgilla as they say and uh curious uh sort of the same question i posed to phil do you think this will have the same lasting emotional impact on this student you know obviously all the kids at school know 
Um, but we live in a, in a weird society where maybe this young boy is going to be lauded by his fellow male students. I think, you know, the girls are going to be like, this is disgusting. But maybe some of the boys are going to be like, oh, that kid's cool. He slept with a teacher. What do you say? These are tough. These are tough cases because the, the uh, a victim of sexual assault has so much um, to bear weight on their shoulders, boy or girl, man or woman. So the the early onset is, hey, I'm going to share these photos. It's going to be a great uh, a little group. Um, um, laughter, look at me. And, but that, that's a small piece of the big picture because without this classroom, look at what is happening now with this young man, potentially going to have to testify if she fights and uh, does not plead out. And so thereby you're going to have just this he, he is going to see the day, if he hasn't already, and every other type of victim, where there may be a very small snapshot of, wow, and, and then it's going to be very dark, and there's going to be therapy required. And so it's, look, at, look at the attention that's already there. It's not a positive light. It's negative. And uh, this is not the way anybody should grow up in with their with their sexual experiences early in life to where all of a sudden it's a um it's a criminal experience this this boy regardless or a girl regardless when they do not have the age of consent and there is power uh by the very fact of a teacher coach or whatever that title is to that of a student um or athlete so there, there's, it feels exactly right. It's all about power, and and the young person does not sense that. And then once it's made known to them, very difficult to uh, to get through that. It's I just I just see it as um, a very long road. Regardless, I do you know I I and having been part of these types of investigation. Th that last that that very small snapshot of him being in with his classmates and everybody laughing and patting him on the back like wow you did it is is very short lived compared to what he and similar victims of both sexes will will suffer so it's um it's just it's just it's just bad well and add to this you know the the culture Look, I mean, over the last 20 years, 30 years or so, you've got, you know, some of the most popular songs, Hot for Teacher by Van Halen and, uh, you know, Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. I mean, there's all sorts of examples. You can probably find 25 songs that are directly related to teachers, and it's not in a complimentary way. It is this sexual tension thing going on. So, yeah. I mean, the, the culture breeds this kind of this kind of uh, behavior. 
Uh, Phil Waters, um, I probably shouldn't do this, but I think it is uh, only best to be fully transparent and give you a chance to respond. But someone, and I can't find the comment now because it goes by too quick under this new system, so I'm going to have to work on that with Space Coast off air. But the gist of the comment was that you were conflating um, pedophilia with drag queens and transgenders <laughs> in that uh, because you are doing that, you are being ignorant. Would you like to respond to this commenter? No. I, I mean, no. that, you know, I, you know, they can call it whatever they want to call it. If they want to call it conflating, it's, it's all the same thought. It's the same process. And if they're okay with uh, drag queens coming into their school and doing the things that were done in the dark of night in clubs for a certain group of people, and they're doing this in, in broad daylight in front of their seven, eight-year-old children, then they've got a problem. So uh, I, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, that's their opinion. That's fine. They want to disagree. That's fine. They want to call me names. That's fine. But they're wrong. Phil Waters, uh, I like that you speak your mind. Um, people are going to always disagree. That is the uh, American way, and we are free to do so. Police tracked down a second teenager, Phil Waters, a 16-year-old student now identified as AP, uh, who was also Frost's student. In the prior school year, she allegedly used the same exact tactics to prey on him, sent him a photo of her breast before asking if he knew a place to have sex, the police report said. Uh, the two met on a farm only once where they allegedly had sex and intercourse. Uh, the teacher made no conversations with him from arrival to ending of the sexual contact. The report said after the encounter, Frost allegedly sent two more lascivious photos and then blocked him from Snapchat. So she didn't even speak to him. That's interesting, I think. Um, literally did not say a word. She has since been arrested and charged and she confessed to all the behavior uh she's charged with traveling to meet a child for an unlawful sex act electronic solicitation of a child two counts of a school employee engaging in a sex act and two counts of school employee dis uh distributing obscene material to a student should they throw the book at her phil waters yes and let me, let me address something, too. The comment that you've got up here on the screen, Phil, I respectfully disagree both genders in power and getting gratification. I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I don't have any any dispute with that statement at all. Uh, I was just trying to make a, a little distinction between men and women and the way they're going about doing this. So I, I agree with, with their statement here. Uh, regarding the, the other stuff, look, I will tell you this, the things that are going on now in these schools five years ago, 10 years ago, we would have been putting those people in jail for sexual assault of a child just by the virtue of the fact that they are exhibiting themselves in that manner. So it is insanity to me that now we are somehow justifying this by being inclusive or whatever this whatever the local the, the, the uh, current terminology is i mean folks you better get on board with what's right and what's wrong what's dark and what's light and any of that stuff going down that road which ends up 
manifesting itself in the conduct of this teacher is evil. It's not mental illness, it's evil. When they're preying on our children, that is evil. Get a text mid-show from the COE. Why would you bring up such a polarizing subject? I think it's important. We're going to do a whole show on this COE. So relax yourself there. I'm uh, going to spend, by the way, Raggedy Hobo says, amen, Phil. Um, so as Phil and Scott and a lot of people in STS uh, know, um, I have become pretty close friends with Kerry Rawson. Her father is the notorious serial killer, uh, Dennis Rader, who called himself BTK for bind, torture, and kill. Uh, my head is going to explode. I get yelled at by my wife. I have a new set. People hate it. Some people love it. Um, I just need uh, Friday to get here. I need to lay down with Ethel. Someone yelled at me that Ethel is not on the mural, but Mabel Rose is my... Uh, had her before my wife, had her before my kids. There, well, there, your was, mother's there will never be an... Your mother's say a again? therapist, right, Joel? Yeah, I need to talk to her, Phil. Well, then yes. you maybe need to get on the couch with Carmen. By the way, as Not soon as this is over... that we were just talking about, of course, but I mean, she, you know. She's going to... Phil, she's going to call me, and she's going to tell me how much she does not like this set. And I'm going to try to record it somehow... Um, so I can play it for STS Nation. Um, but I don't know that I'll I don't know that I'll be able to do that. Um what she say? Oh, look at this. Dominique says, I don't like the set. Sorry, Joel, but I love you. I'll take that. Uh Baji or Boggy says Carrie is amazing. Um people agreeing with Phil here. Uh LOL exactly, Phil. You're doing awesome, Joel. Heart emojis. Uh, the channel is not anti-trans. Uh, we are definitely not anti-trans. As a matter of fact, I very one of my closest friends' child children child is transgender. I, to be honest, I it doesn't affect me one way or the other. I'm, I am, uh, I don't know, a political. I do not care. Have a good life. Do what makes you happy, and uh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, one bit is what I have to say. Lisha Gallego says, new studio, exclamation, exclamation. Phil is uh, grunting in um, Friday disdain. Uh, okay, so BTK, Phil Waters, you're, you've investigated. By the way, Phil Waters, what was your clearance rate? Because I just talked to a detective. Chicago's homicide uh, division, 31% clearance rate. And I, I had the police chief, former police chief for the great city of Detroit, when he got in there, um, the clearance rate in Detroit was 11%. And I bring it up because Ann Burgess last night said, <laughs> Ann Burgess said, I love grumpy Phil, Ann Burgess, who's a, you know, world-renowned profile profiler, she said last night that you know, so many of these homicides go unsolved. So we don't really know the extent of serial killing, which made me think of it. But um, I digress. Back to BTK. So Kerry Rawson is openly. I did catch the question in that. Oh, what was the question? You tell me. What was my clearance rate? Oh, yeah. What was your clearance rate? Though? <laughs> so the Houston Police Department uh, in my in my time there the division's clearance rate was many, many years over 85%. 
and um, which is, I think the national average is something like 58 or maybe 60%. But the, uh, my personal clearance rate was 96% and of those uh, 90% confessions. That is, for those who did not hear that, 96% clearance rate, 90% confessions. That is why he is America's most respected detective, uh, Phil Waters. That's a incredible statistic, especially compared to Detroit, which was at 11%, and Chicago only at 31%. Um, but so, Phil, I, the broader question is this. Kerry Rawson, um, you know, went through hell and back. A victim of trauma, father, uh, she concedes, is a horrific serial killer. But now she's helping investigators. She's out um, pounding the pavement, digging dirt, looking for clues, looking for evidence for these uh, victims' families. What say you about all that, Phil? We've talked about this before. I think Terry is an amazing young woman. I think that this is therapeutic for her. I think this is great for her to be able to work her way through what her father did to so many people and the ripple effect that it had in such a negative way. So uh, kudos to her for, I think she has found, you know, each of us has a purpose in this life. And I think that Carrie has found her purpose. I think this has, uh, and, and I, 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 I have noticed in your discussions when you started with her and now the discussions that are taking place in all manner of different platforms that that her countenance has changed i i see her now as just when she started and you were interviewing her I just noticed that what I thought was a lot of anxiety and it was coming across. I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm just saying that's what was really coming across because she was, she was very anxious about all of these things that she's doing and that she has kept inside of her for 18 years, never having made contact with her father until recently. So, uh, but since that's happened, and she is warring on for these victims and their families. I think that that is that explains the countenance, the, the change in her countenance, because now she has um, she's just reflecting the love that she has for these folks in trying to bring a larger measure or maybe just a measure period of peace for those people. And, and we hope as more victims are identified that it brings about a, a measure of justice for those folks. So I think she's an amazing example of a person who has overcome uh, a huge barrier in her life and is now on the other side of that and is turning something so horrific into something that is ultimately going to have just amazing results for a whole uh, a whole host of people and in a very positive way so um 
again, kudos to her. I think I think she's a, a wonderful young woman. Black Widow says, I wish so hard for the day. Carrie's life will be her own. JW, great initials, says Carrie is saving herself, inspiring. Uh, there was another good comment that I am going to continue to lose under this new system till I figured it out. I like this comment. Uh, and you three guys look sexier on the big screen, too. Thank you, Heidi. Tell my wife that. She told me five years after we were married that someone told her that I was sort of cute. And she was like, I never noticed. So maybe you want to let the COE know that. Um, Scott Duffy, to you. Um, so what's interesting now, and we're going to wrap in a few, um, the Osage County Sheriff's Office has kind of taken the lead on this. Uh, they're asking the public for help. I got a, a message from Carrie um, late Wednesday night, very late Wednesday night. She's been working nonstop. By the way, that is the site of Carrie's old home uh, where she grew up. Um, they found what Dennis Rader referred to as a hidey hole, uh, two feet under the ground where they found, you can see the sheriff, he's holding uh, what is a black pantyhose ligature that they believe was used in some of these uh, killings. But Scott Duffy, the bigger picture here is they have new information about two new possible victims. There's a woman named Carol Sullins. She was an exotic dancer last seen outside her job at a club in either Galena or Galena, Kansas. I'm not sure which way to pronounce it. She was talking to a man uh, with a camper shell on a truck. She went missing August 31st, 1991, when she was 18. Today, she would be 50. And then there's Mary Georgine Lang. She went missing from Hayes, Kansas, back on October 21st, 1983. She was a secretary for a local attorney, 31 years old. She was out bringing some papers over. Today, she'd be 70 years old. Uh, the big picture question here, Scott Duffy, are you surprised that after confessing to 10 murders in 2005, now investigators are looking at up to five more potential murders, and some say could be many, many more. Does that surprise you uh, with a serial killer uh, like Dennis Rader? No, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. And as, uh, as, as, as on a previous episode here, we've discussed of this, and, and I second everybody with regards to what you've done with and what Carrie has done to shine the light and and 10 is not the number that uh uh she believes in her heart and she's not just as a daughter as a as a family member but really digging deep into her soul and then utilizing all that energy to be those fresh eyes the second eyes on on everything that she has seen and collected with regards to photos and and diaries and so forth so uh, kudos to you. Kudos to her for for going down this road, which just um, rehashing a lot. And uh, but but she's able to 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 be getting answers for herself, and and getting answers for herself. She is assisting law enforcement solving crime because these victims are forever lost, and and to not have a um, an answer for their survivors to be able to say where or what has happened is just a tremendous. It's just an everyday 
suffering that um, I, I could never even imagine. So um, it doesn't surprise me, and I I don't I couldn't even put a number at it because of of the likes of of BTK, the likes of Dennis Rader, the likes of someone like him who kills for the sake of and there are multiple factors in this, right? And the profilers out there and those that study serial killers to understand what drives them, but uh, to to it is an insatiable, insatiable um, hunger uh, drive and to to stop at any particular number, you know, these serial killers are stopped because law enforcement has stopped them, not because they have their own free will, just said, that's enough. I've I've uh, I've moved on. So the I, I can absolutely see this number climbing and I couldn't put a number as to what that could be. Uh, Jody Johnston uh, echoes, uh, I am not surprised. It seems as though BTK was taken at his word when he confessed they did not tear the house apart like they did with Rex Hewerman. Uh, obviously, uh, Long Island police took some heat for the way they destroyed that. Uh, just kind of one more thing, Phil, and then we're going to wrap up and say goodnight. Um, three sketches were released. I don't know if you saw them and Space Coast. I'm not sure if we have them, but... Um, there is one in a green dress. Uh, these are very unusual because of the many hundreds of sketches, there we go, Space Coast is on the ball. Uh, you're seeing two of what are believed to be only 10 color sketches. He, ma he made hundreds of sketches, but only 10 in color. Uh, now this young woman in the green dress, um, According to the uh, National Missing and Unidentified Persons Database, there are five missing women unsolved cases in Kansas from when Dan Dennis Rader's first kill happened in 1974 and his arrest on February 25th, 2005. So five missing women unsolved cases. And only one of those women was last seen wearing a green dress. And so they believe it could be this a uh, victim whose name is out there now, Carol Sullen. She was just 18, five feet, three inches tall, and weighed 100 pounds. Uh, someone did admit two men were charged. The body was never found, and one man said he accidentally caused her death, but in law, uh, law enforcement uh, doesn't necessarily believe him. Uh, my big question to you, as a man with a 90-something percent clearance rate, seeing it all, what do you see when you look at these sketches? Well, this is very similar to the pictures that he took of himself, where he is reliving the moment. He has, for whatever reason, picked out these particular uh, sketches. How many sketches did you say they were? Uh, only 10 in color, but hundreds of black and white. Okay. And by the way, people made fun of me last night when we had Ann Burgess on, but I think he's a pretty good artist. I could never draw this detail. Oh, no, I was, in fact, you know, it's funny you say that. I was just looking at it, and I was thinking in terms of his his ability to draw, I think, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's too bad that he didn't channel that into, into artwork instead of uh, what he channeled it into, but... I think these are like the pictures. He wants to remember what he did. 
he wants to remember. Because I've said it before, these guys like this, especially this particular one, they're never satiated. They're never satisfied. And so it's important. These are trophies. These are like uh, a, these are like certificates that he gives himself for for all the for all the work that he did. And so I, it, it is fascinating. I'm sure that your panel of psychologists uh, are going to find this stuff fascinating from a psychological view. Uh, I. I find it fascinating from a homicide cop's view in that these are the kind of things when I'm doing psychological autopsies uh, of my suspects, these are the types of things that play into that evaluation. You're trying to get a sense of what was this person thinking and what are they thinking about all the time. And a guy like this is doing just that. We've said it before. He thinks about this over 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's just going to, he, he is constantly processing, where's my next victim and what am I going to do? And so what we see here in these pictures and in the pictures that he took of himself, he is consistent in the manner in which he brings about the horrific way that he brings about these young women's deaths. And so it is, I'm sure the psychologist will be able to further analyze these things about why he's doing what he's doing. But I think the bondage stuff, uh, the hanging, uh, where, which would, to me, it looks like he's reminding himself that he holds the power over their lives of life and death. And, uh, and then whenever he chooses to use the rope to extinguish those lives, then he's got it there in front of him and he can, he can, he can be gratified over and over again when he's not in the middle of the act. And I would say this too, you might want to ask these psychologists, I would imagine that while they are in the same type of situation here they are dressed differently which would mean what this is for each one of the victims that he remembers vividly and so he relives each moment with each individual woman and uh i mean i don't think these psychologists would think this is fascinating I think it's fascinating just from a homicide cop's perspective, but um, yeah, and, yeah, and and, yeah, and Burgess weighed in last night. Really interesting uh, comments from her. Uh, misdemeanor OG says Ann Burgess is still so smart. What an analytical mind! You're never supposed to reveal a woman's age, but she's in her late 80s and she is still so active and energized. It's unreal. Uh, Dr. Joni Johnson said exactly what you said, Phil Waters, which is these serial killers, this is what they're thinking about 24-7, 365. Um, Scott Duffy, you're going to get the final word tonight, not Phil Waters. Um, 
So this middle drawing, by the way, well, I don't know about that. So then we're going to talk to you about the weekend for three seconds. So maybe Phil will get the final word and maybe I'm wrong after all. But uh, the, the authorities released these images for specific reasons because Dennis Rader had a fascination with barns and with silos. And this green dressed girl, you can see what appear to be black slats behind her. Um, and sitting on a bale of hay. So they wanted to know if people's minds uh, could, would be jogged at all by any of these photos. The one on the right in the red, um, that's almost like a uh, brown wooden fencing behind her. So they wanna know uh, if people recognize anything. And in this middle photo, Scott Duffy, is according to law enforcement taking, taken from above. This woman is actually laying on the floor of a barn loft. Um, the psychologist said, and it's sort of apparent when you look at it, that she looks the most forlorn, like she's given up or could even be dead. Someone else pointed out something really interesting, which is that little rope next to the one in the black and white that's kind of twirling around next to her left elbow. Uh, that is similar to that sign that when Kerry went and saw Dennis Rader and asked if it was just 10, he went like this. Someone pointed that out to me, which is very fascinating. Scott Duffy, what do you see in these uh, in these drawings? And do you think these photos could jog someone's memory? Oh, I, it, for for the sake of location, I I would be I would find it very difficult for somebody to say that's my fence or my neighbor's fence or my the, like for to for looking for a location, I would find it difficult. I can guarantee you the person who uh, sketched these absolutely knows and there's enough detail in there to take them exactly where it is um, and and take them to live that moment over and over again. But it is, a, it, I, I will say, as with regards to the artistry, just looking at it right off the bat to see... Um, the, the different fear, the, the expressions on the face, the detail is, and, and I guess I, I have a question, are these sketched from memory? Are they sketched from, because we know he's had photographs, are there, are there Polaroids or some other photos and thereby he sketched these as a way of uh, forever uh, burning them in his memory? Um, all right, what's particularly dis yeah, what's really disturbing, and I'm glad you asked because I didn't mention it, is that these, at least the color sketches, um, the reports are, the indications are that he was sketching them as they were either dying or being killed in real yeah. time, which I, is and I really could, eerie. I could, I could see that. Um, and so thereby he's, uh, you know, it goes to show the depravity of such an individual that, and and what, th think about any, any one of us who are in a panic moment or whatever it is that raises that adrenaline and, um, and whatever that moment of fear or whatever on a, on a roller coaster. But imagine the most horrible thing we can imagine as a human being this um where you're combining a gratification this is a sexual pleasure with 
a brutal, brutal homicide. Um, and then to be able to step back with amazing detail and just looking at the faces, that looks like there's a lot of detail in the faces, which goes to sh just further in my mind just how how uh, depraved. So that's why I know I was looking to to see if there was if there are corresponding photos, and if they're not, I wonder at what point did he convert? So are these early sketches of the beginning? And and then he went to Polaroids, then putting himself in the shoes of the victims, reenacting with their clothes and so forth. So what we're seeing is an, an, an amazing progression of somebody who's just continuing to, to reach or to get that pinnacle of gratification, and he never achieves it. He never achieves it and continues to do it over and over and over again. Um, slightly changing his uh, um, his manner. So I wonder. I wonder at the end of all this, and the investigation will be conclusive, and these victims identify if these are early in his days, in in the middle or um, in the end. It, it, this 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 is what kind of uh, questions that come to my mind as an investigator. <clears throat> Uh, interesting take. Uh, someone says, uh, get these off the screen, please. Uh, this is the, uh, what they say is the awful truth, the harsh reality of the serial killer. Um, we were examining these last night. Uh, Scott Duffy, Phil Waters, two of the best people I know. Um, Estella Jasmine, Scott Duffy says that rain is in the cards for this escapee, but not to lose hope. Tracks after the rain would be helpful. Before we get to that, Special shout out to Kerry Rawson, who is uh, still out on the road thinking of you, uh, here for you. Best guest, thank you for the super sticker. Can't make out the name here. Uh, thanks for bringing uh, such experts to the table to give their insight and experiences to these cases. I think it's clipped there, but it's all good, uh, Space Coast. Um, Scott Duffy, are they going to catch this guy this weekend? I hope so. For their sake, I hope so. Because it's it's weighing on everybody. It's weighing, you know, the, the the whole community. The whole community is on lockdown, and uh, law enforcement is absolutely at its wit's end. But um, they they will continue the fight. It's not going to end. It's only going to get uh, uh, more intensifying. And as I totally agree with the the lieutenant colonel, they are stressing him out as well as they should, and they want him to make mistakes so thereby he can be captured. But um, I still, I can't put a day on it. Uh, I love that Phil is bold in his faith, followed here by Phil Speaks the Truth, uh, followed by Phil is my favorite, followed by brilliant guests and hosts, mods and chat. Phil Waters, uh, how many hours a day does Nugget sleep? Um, did she sleep through this entire podcast? This was a long one. She has to rest up for her next nap, which is in three minutes. Well, it's very tiring to nap uh, all day. Bring her up here. Come here, Nugget. Come here, little bee. Come here, little bee. 
I love when Big Tough Phil speaks baby doggy talk to Nugget. Okay. Phil, you got a haircut. I did. Looks great. Looks fantastic. Here's, here's, here's my little big dog. Ah, there she is. I love it. Um, yeah. What does she eat by? Phil, what does she eat? What do you feed her? We have her on a little uh, weight control dry food, and then we give her a little wet food. So, mm. Mm. yeah. How's that breath? Or, how's that breath of hers? It's okay? Well, we just, it's nice that you asked, Joel, because just okay. this week we bought her some, uh, some little breath wafers. And so they, <laughs> go ahead. Is it, are they helping? Are they helping? Uh, they appear to be. Yes. Uh, Car- have, super uh, sticker from Carla. They have bad doggy mm-hmm. breath. And so we, uh, we got her some uh, little breath wafers and uh, they, mm-hmm. they uh, treats and they appear, she likes them. So that's good. And they appear to be working. Um. I love dogs so much that I don't mind their bad breath. Uh, this person on the question, uh, Tiffany H. says, friend of the show, by the way. I didn't see it was Tiffany. I love Joel's questions. I ask about dogs' breath. And uh, Black Widow says, brush your teeth, dude, uh, to you, Phil. Uh, so That's that, been done. Um, we brush our dogs' teeth in, in, in uh, Magnolia and in, in Houston. And uh, so, no, we, we are aware of the benefits of brushing doggy teeth. But thank you. Thank you so much, whoever that was. Scott Duffy, please stay uh, armed and safe this weekend. Uh, I hope you're hunkering down at a bar where there's a lot of other people who could attack this Brazilian if Casey walks in. Um, any big plans tonight, Scott? Uh, no big plans tonight. Just laying low. Laying low. Uh, Phil, Bible study, pizza tomorrow night. You're a man of, uh, you're, you're very predictable, Phil, but I like it. Oh, well, I, so, I like yes. to think of myself as being predictably unpredictable. Predictably unpredictable. I love it. I bet your wife would not say that. But uh, guys, have a wonderful she weekend. Would you, she, she would tell you about my OCD is what she would tell Yeah. I have some of that too, Phil. So it makes us special. Uh, don't forget that. Scott, I love your chair. It's uh, very aerodynamic. I never quite noticed it. It's great. It's really it's awesome. My, um, my son's gaming chair. Oh, beautiful. Duffy, keep me updated on uh, on Calvacante, whatever you hear. Please let me know. Okay. Um, everyone loves having you, love being here. I got to say this was the most stressful show I've done in my entire time at STS because of these many screens. I'm going to have to figure this out, have to figure out the lighting, have to do a lot of things, but we'll we'll get it all done. Until next time, love you, America. Love you, Scott and Phil. Love you, Delaware. Love you, Philly. Love you, Houston. Love you, Hawaii. Love you, the Big Island. Love you, Maui. Everywhere, near and far, in between. Let's see how this closing animation goes. Roll it, Space Coast. Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. 
Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.